The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Jesus is waiting. You see, we, we serve a God that obviously does stuff. In fact, last week's service was God will do it again. And God did it again. Praise the name of the Lord. God is an action God. He's always doing stuff. He's always creating. He's always in motion. When Jesus was physically on the earth, he was going everywhere. I mean, healing the sick, raising the dead, delivering the captive. And, and we even have a song for that. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. Almighty healer, he healed the leper. When the cripples saw him, they started working. Everywhere he went, my God was doing good. So we are accustomed to a God that does stuff. We are, we are, we are accustomed. In fact, when we need things to be done in our lives, we run to Jesus because we know that he's the only one that can do the things we want done. But we, we really sometimes don't wrap our minds around the God that waits. And many times that waits for us. Jesus does not only act. Sometimes Jesus waits. So we are familiar with a waiting God, but many of us are not familiar with being waited on by God. So, so, Pastor, what are you saying? Jesus is waiting for you. Jesus is waiting for me. Jesus is waiting for me. Jesus is waiting for me to do what? I'll show you. Jesus is waiting for you and I to do at least three or four things. There may be more, but we are going to look at three or four this morning. I'll be done. What is Jesus waiting for? What is he waiting for? Number one, Jesus is waiting for you and I to show gratitude. Praise the name of the Lord. Jesus is waiting for you and I to show gratitude. Show me some gratitude. He has done his own stuff. And he's waiting for you to show up with gratitude. How do I know that? Luke chapter 17. In Luke chapter 17 from verse 19. Luke 17 from verse 19. The word of God says, As Jesus continued towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten lepers 
stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of, the, of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was cleansed, came back to Jesus. Let's, let's pause there. Let's pause there. Take it back. One of them, as, 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 as he, he, he saw that he was cleansed, did what? Came back to Jesus. He came back to Jesus. And the remaining nine did what? I doubt they even went to the temple. <laughs> Let's go. On. Came back to Jesus, shouting, "Praise God!" He fell to the ground at the feet, at Jesus' feet, thanking Him for what He had done. This man was a Samaritan, and Jesus asked, "Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the nine?" As no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner. And Jesus said unto them, unto the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. And as I said, your faith has made you whole. Jesus, you know, if, if verse 17 was not there, it would not be clear that Jesus was actually waiting for them to come back. So, so many times, God will not demand that you come give your testimony or come and give him praise or come and give him glory, but he's expecting it. He's waiting. Someone said to me, I can't even remember the details, but I remember the big picture. Oh, the pastor, God has done this mighty thing in my life. Then I said, okay, praise God. Testifies. Ah, no, 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 no. My kind of people, we don't come out in front of people and just talk like that. We are cool. We are the cool generation. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, the nine lepers could say, oh, why do we have to come to Jesus? We can give glory to God where we are going, can't we? After all, we are going to the temple. That's the statutory thing. We can go to the temple and, 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 and just, you know, tell the priest, Someone, someone said, Oh, God healed me in my house fellowship while we were praying. And I said to the person, Then go to your house fellowship and testify. And he says, why should I go to the house fellowship and testify? I'll testify at work. I'll tell my friend at work. It's good to tell your friend at work. Praise the name of the Lord. Yes, tell your friends at work. But go to the fellowship and 
testify. Why? Because Jesus is waiting for you there. That was where he healed you. Praise the name of the Lord. He's waiting for you there. And many times we take these things for granted because Jesus will not, you know, did he go after them? No. Did he, did he say, okay, because you did come and testify, I hereby withdraw your healing? No. He's bigger than all that. But was he happy that one at least came? Yes. Last week Sunday, for instance, was an amazing, amazing time. God has healed a lot of people. A lot of people have been promoted. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, deliverance here and there. That's just an example. And guess what? There will still be the nine that for one reason or the other will not go to, come to Jesus and say, thank you. Jesus is waiting. Jesus is Say to your neighbor, Jesus is waiting for you to show some gratitude. He's waiting. Show some gratitude to Jesus. That's, that's the first, first area Jesus is waiting for you and I for. The second area Jesus is waiting for you and I for is Jesus is waiting for you and I to take action. Jesus is waiting for you and I to take action. You cannot do what God will do and what God can do and God will not do what you can do. There are certain things that God alone can do and he has done and he will continue to do. Praise the name of the Lord. But there are certain things you alone will have to do. In Exodus 14, verse 10, this is an amazing story in Exodus 14, verse, verse 10. The children of Israel, had, from verse 10, had served in Egypt. They've served in Egypt for 400 years. And God came and said, I'm going to bring you out of the land of Egypt. I'm going to take you to a promised land. And God sent them a deliverer. Moses. And Moses convinced the elders and convinced the people and led the children of Israel on a journey out of Egypt to the promised land. And while they were going, they met the Red Sea in front of them. Pharaoh changed his mind and was pursuing with his chariot hard after them. And the story picked up from from there, in verse 10, as, as Pharaoh approached the people of Israel, looked up and panicked. Whatever you do, don't panic. Say to your neighbor, don't panic. There's going to be a lot of pressure. Don't panic. They panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. And they cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, why did you bring us out here 
to die in the wilderness. Were there not enough graves in Egypt? What have we done? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Moses, didn't we tell you we would this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It is better to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Please, please, please. Now, this is not just a religious thing. Please let me tell your neighbor, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the salvation of the Lord. Okay, the rescue. <laughs> the KJV says salvation. The, the rescue, the Lord's rescue, how the Lord rescues you today. The Egyptians, you see today, you will never see, never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Amazing. The people got to a point where it was like between the Red Sea, and Pharaoh. And, and he said something that, that some of us erroneously say in our hearts, some say verbally or some attitudinally take that position. They said it, it's, it's better to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. Hello? How can you say that? Everyone that will fulfill his or her destiny in God will and must take a position. It's better to be a corpse in the wilderness than to be a slave in Egypt. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, you, you, you have to Get to the place where you, you detest the slavery and you are willing to, to step out into what God has for you even at the risk of losing everything. The four lepers, for instance, the story of the four lepers, you, you know the story. There was, there was famine in the land. The famine was so bad that people began to eat their children. People began to eat their children. And the, the, the four lepers said, if we stay here, if we enter the city, we will die. If we stay here, when the war comes, it's only the um, people that are, you know, that are not fully able-bodied that will suffer. We will die. 
four people said, let us fall onto the army of the enemy. And let's see what God will do. Hallelujah. <laughs> and four people marched to the camp of the enemy and God made their footsteps so loud that the enemies thought, oh, we are in trouble. And they began to run away, kill themselves. They abandoned everything. And the four lepers became billionaires. They had so much money, they said, look, let's call everybody to join the party. If, listen to this, if you are still hoarding, you don't have enough money. I'm praying that God will bless you so much. That it will be so much that you, you just say, come, everybody come inside. In Jesus' name. <laughs> but the first instinct is the poverty mentality, which is carry, hide, carry, hide, carry, hide, carry, hide. You have been doing that for so long. I'm praying that God will take you to the next level. <laughs> that you will see that there's so much abundance that you say, ah, ah, if I keep this to myself, everyone will not be happy. And I believe that's where God is taking us too. In Jesus' name. So back to this story. They, they said, we, 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 we'd rather be a slave in Egypt than to take the risk of dying in the wilderness, even though we know this is what God has said for us to do. Now the question to you today is, if you are sure this is what God has said to do, but it looks like you will, you will lose everything. The risk is too high. Would you rather be a slave in the wilderness? Or would you take the step and trust God? God is waiting for you. You are the only one that can answer the question. And they said to, to, to Moses, look, we, 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 we'd rather just, you know, hang out, you know, and just mark time. And Moses, trying to be spiritual and trying to be a good leader, said to them, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will see again no more and forever. Just hold your peace. Just stand still and God will fight for you. Now, that is a theologically sound position. It is. So you can't fault Moses on that. But you see, the truth is, if you read this story, what God said to Moses after he has said to the people, guys, just chill. Don't worry, just stay and watch what God will do. God said, verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Tell the people to, to move forward. Now, on one hand, Moses is saying, guys, you know, the Red Sea is in front of you. Pharaoh is behind you. Just wait and see what God will do. Let's just wait and see. God is saying, don't wait. Move. 
Moses said, guys, wait and see. God says, don't wait. Move! <laughs> you see, many things you are waiting on God for, God is waiting on you for. Many things you are saying, oh, we will wait and we will pray and we will wait and we will pray. God said, you are afraid. You did five days of vigil. I have heard you. Now move. Do something. Faith without works is dead. Do something about it. Make a move. Moses on one hand says, guys, chill, wait here. God is saying, no, guys, move. Guys, move. Some things will never happen until you move. Some things will never happen until you move. The, the um, priests that were carrying the ark, it was until their feet touched Jordan, before Jordan parted. If they, if they had stood there, Praying and fasting for Jordan to part. Nothing will happen. But as they put their feet in water, Jordan parted. As you make the move by faith in God, Jordan will part. As you raise your rod to the Red Sea, the Red Sea will part. As a church, you know, We, we, are, we are taking the move. We are trusting God. We are moving out of here to our land. Yeah. If you know the conditions surrounding that move, you will think we are crazy. That finally, this boy has gone... Kolo. But as we step our feet on that Jordan, the Jordan will part. In the mighty name of Jesus. The Jordan will part. You and I must do ah. We must. We have to. Praise the name of the Lord. There's a story in Esther chapter 4. Jesus is waiting for you and I to take action. There's a story in Esther chapter 4 from verse 9. Esther 4, 9. The word of God says, So Attach returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Then Esther told I said, let me, let me give you a background to this story. There have been a group of, there's a particular guy actually, Haman, that wanted to kill the whole of the Jews in the land. And it's actually a plan to kill everybody. Now, Esther was a Jew, but happened to also be the queen. And in those days, the kings. 
the king is like a little god. If you show up before him without him calling you, it's one of two things. Is that he raises his scepter and you leave? Or he does nothing and they cut off your head? Regardless of who you are, whether you are his wife or not. Now, Mordecai, Esther's uncle, has said to Esther, Esther sent a message to Esther the first time. Esther, please talk to the king on behalf of the Jews so that this evil plan will not happen. And the story continues. So, Hatach, Hatach was the messenger that was sent, returned to Esther with Mordecai's message. Verse 10, then Esther told Hatach to go back and relay this message to Mordecai. All the king's officials and even the people of the province know that everyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his gold scepter. And the king has not called for me to come in to him for 30 days. So, Atach gave Esther's message to Mordecai. Now, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you are in the palace, you will escape when the Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at this time, at a time like this, be sure that deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from another place. For who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such a time as this, then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, go gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, though it doesn't make sense, I will go in to see the king if I must die. I must die. Now, how does this story apply to us? Simple. On an individual level, there are things that you, when you, after you have fasted, after you have prayed, you must move. If you fast and you pray, why don't they just fast and pray for three days and say, let us see what God will do. Let God move this out of the king. No. After they fasted and prayed for three days, she still had to take that step. And it was a risky step. And she said, you know what? Whatever happens, let it happen. But you know the story. You know what happened. God was glorified. The people were, in fact, the person that wanted to kill them was killed. God always brings us to a place where we can say, I'm going to stay on the fence and play it safe. Or we will say, I'm going to stick it out for God and watch what will happen. Jesus 
is waiting for you and I to take action. So number one, Jesus is waiting for you and I to, to show gratitude. Number two, Jesus is waiting for you and I to, to take action. To take action. We are afraid, we are afraid. We keep praying, but it's time, it's time to act. It's time for action. Number three, Jesus is waiting for you and I to respond to his call. To respond to his call. Jesus is calling you. He's waiting for you to respond. There's a man in, in Acts chapter 24, Acts 24, from verse 24. Acts 24, 24. I read to 25, 24 and 25. It says, a few days Later, now, Paul, Felix was the governor of Rome at the time. Paul was a preacher. So, Paul was talking and sharing the gospel with Felix. Paul was in prison, by the way. A few days later, Felix came back with his wife, Drusilla, who was, a, who was Jewish. Sending for Paul, they listened as he told them about faith in Christ Jesus. He reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control and the coming day of judgment. Felix became frightened. <laughs> Go away for now, he replied. When it is more convenient, I will call you. Again, Felix, God was calling him. God was calling him. Paul was preaching the gospel to him. God was nudging him. And he procrastinated. What he said to Paul was, you know what? Okay, 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 I've heard you. But please go. At a more convenient time, I will call you back. It was not recorded that Felix ever gave his life to Jesus or answered the call. And that word we underline there, convenience, is the problem of a whole lot of people because a lot of people are waiting for a convenient time to serve God. A convenient time. May you not get to your grave before you find out that that's the most convenient time. When it comes to serving God, there is no convenient time. The convenient time is when you hear the call. <laughs> Which is now, as you are hearing it now. Today is the day of salvation. When? When is today? Today is today. Today now. I love Nigerians. Today now today. Tell them call. Today now tomorrow. <laughs> it's today. It is when you when you hear the call. You don't respond to God when you have figured it out. As I explained this to some people, you don't respond to God when I've made some money, when I have, you know, you know let, me just, let me just put some things in place. Then, you know, then, Pastor, you want me to be a worker? Don't worry. Let me put some things in place. 
then it's not me that wants to be what God is calling you. Waiting for a convenient time. Jesus is waiting for you to answer the call. The convenient time is now. Some of you have been coming to church for a while. You've heard the journey. Oh, the journey. Oh, and all that and all that. And now you know what the journey is. Before you didn't know, now you know. Okay, do the journey. I will do it tomorrow. Next week, let's see how my schedule will be next week. The week after, let's see how my schedule will be the week after. Always procrastinating when it comes to the call of God. When it comes to doing the things of God. You are always looking for a convenient time. Now, I, I, I say to people, why don't you look for a convenient time to go to work? It's not convenient today. Okay. I say it was not convenient. Did you hear me? <laughs> what will happen? <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <clears throat> we don't even try that. We don't even think about that. But when it comes to God, we think we can give God trash. When we spend all our time, then we look for the the jara, the uh, extra, if there is any. But the way the world is structured, the world is structured so that you don't have enough time for yourself. So you can never serve God based on a convenient time. It must be a sacrificial time. Praise the name of the Lord. So stop looking for a convenient time. Rather, sacrifice the time. It must cost you something. Jesus is waiting for you and I to what? Respond to the call. For some of us, it's the call to become a life group leader. Respond to the call. For some of us, it's the call to open an orphanage, for instance. Respond to the call. Respond to the call. Praise the name of the Lord. So number one, Jesus is waiting to is waiting for rather you are like to show gratitude. Number two, Jesus is waiting. For you and I to take action. That's our beloved people from uh, Ibadan. Action. <laughs> sorry, Ibadan guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You know. But that's how you say it now. <laughs> anyway. It's waiting for us to take action. So number three, Jesus is waiting for us to respond to the call. And number four, finally, Jesus is waiting for, is waiting to have fellowship with you and I. 
is, is waiting to fellowship with you and I. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation 3, 20. The word of God says in Revelation 3, 20, it says, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and I will what? Share a meal. And we will share a meal together as... Now, this passage, I know that, you know, this passage has been used for evangelistical crusades. And behold, I stand at the door and knock. And people give their life to Jesus. That's fantastic. You know, I tell you there are many levels of interpretation. But primarily, this passage was not written for unbelievers. It wasn't. Primarily, this passage was written for Christians, for believers. In fact, Jesus was talking to the churches in Asia. And in verse 14, Jesus said, write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. So this message, this message is for the church in Laodicea. So Jesus was talking to the church. Jesus was talking to people that are saved. And Jesus was saying to them, I stand at the door and think about that. This is not pathetic. Jesus is saying to you and I, I'm at the door. What's he doing at the door? Is he not supposed to be inside? For a lot of Christians, a lot of other things have taken the throne inside the heart and has pushed Jesus outside. And Jesus says, I am, I'm knocking. I'm knocking. I want to have fellowship with you. I want to, he says, he did say, I am knocking so that we can have a night vigil. Is that what he said? He said, I'm knocking so that we can, we can fast and pray. Is that what he said? He said, I am knocking so that we can have a meal together. As what? Ah, friends. So, it's, it's, where is Jesus? Is he inside or is it at the door knocking? Maybe you want to ask your neighbor, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Is he inside or is he at the door? And you see, if you look at this passage of scripture, you can see why Jesus was outside. Even though it was his church, they were his people. And he was outside knocking. I mean, let's, 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 let's read on. Um, Revelation 3 from 14 says, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things that you do. Jesus knows everything that you do. That you are neither hot nor cold. You are indifferent. There's nothing they say in church. You are indifferent. Let's go for evangelism. You are indifferent. Let's have night vigils and pray. You are indifferent. Let's possess the land. You are indifferent. Eh, we shall see. 
Pe December ko wisi. You're indifferent. Let's take the territory for Jesus. You're indifferent. You are neither hot or cold. And he says, I wish that you were one of or the other. But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And I pray, may Jesus not spit you out of his mouth. You say, I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need anything. I have amazing breakthroughs. And you don't realize that you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind, and you are naked. And Jesus is saying, so I, I, I advise you to buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified with fire. Then you will be rich. Also, buy white garments from me so that you will not be ashamed by your nakedness. An ointment for your eyes so that you will be able to see. And before you, you get discouraged, oh Jesus, you just called me poor, wretched, miserable, and naked. Oh, wow, 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 wow. Before you get discouraged, I correct and discipline everyone that I that I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. You see, many is the problem with a lot of churches is indifference. The church is clear in the direction that it's going, but some people just indifferent. Is that what they say? Eh, okay, oh, we shall see. We shall see when the time comes. President of the Lord. Indifferent. And, 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 and God is saying, Jesus is saying, you say that I am rich. And that is what displaces Jesus from our heart. You say that I am rich. I have everything I want. I do have need of nothing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, you are miserable, you are poor, you are blind, you are naked. And it says for you to be rich, this is the path. Turn from your indifference. That is what it is to buy gold. Tried with fire. Praise the name of the Lord. And this message is to you he says, because I love you. So Jesus is waiting. Number one, is waiting for you and I to be what? To show gratitude. To be grateful. Number two, Jesus is waiting for you and I to take, don't say action, to take action. Jesus is waiting for you and I to, to take action. Good. Then number three, Jesus is waiting. 
for you and I to respond to the call. And number four, Jesus is waiting to what? To fellowship with you and I. He says, I stand at the door and I knock. Who has the power to open the door? You and I. He says, I want you to open the door so that we can have what? Fellowship. So that we can eat together and feast together and drink together. Praise the name of the Lord. The greatest treasure of the Christian is their relationship with Jesus. Is their fellowship with Jesus. Every other thing can be taken from you. They can strip you of everything. You can, I'm praying you will not lose anything that God has blessed you with in Jesus' name. But everything on earth is temporal. You can lose anything. You can lose the car, you can lose the job. You can lose anything. But the only, pers- the only thing you should not lose is your relationship with who? I, 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 I said to uh, pastors that are my friend that hold on to your relationship with Jesus. That's the only thing you have. And back then, I used to say, they can take the church from you, but they can't take your relationship with Jesus. And it happened to me. <laughs> but guess what? That relationship with Jesus we create another church that is bigger and stronger and better. In Jesus' name. It's your relationship with Jesus. That's the only treasure that you have. Martha said to Jesus, Oh, tell Mary to come and join me in the kitchen. Jesus said, That which Mary has chosen shall not be taken away from, from her. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. I want us to contemplate what we have heard this morning. For some of us, we need to show gratitude. You know, the past God during services, God has healed you. You have refused to come out and testify. In your house fellowship, you have prayed, answers have come, you have refused to go back and testify. We need to, Jesus is waiting for you. He's waiting for you to show some gratitude. For some of us, he's waiting for you to take action. He's, he's told you what to do. Don't sit down there and say, God, we make it happen. Get up and, and move. And move. Number, number, and, and some of us, Jesus is waiting for you to respond to the call. He's calling you now. Like Felix, he's calling you to salvation. Some of us, we need to give our lives to Jesus. You may be coming to church, but you know you are not saved. Or you, 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 you used to be saved, you are backsliding, you are gone from God. I want to pray with you today. Are you going to say, oh, pastor, at a convenient time, are you going to say, Lord, here I am today. You are saying, Pastor, this is me. 
I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to, I want to, come, I want to respond to the call for salvation. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward, but I need to know you are there. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me. Put up your hand now.